Understood is a resource I have recommended for many years to parents looking for support with learning and thinking differences such as ADHD, dyslexia, and more. And I'm subsequently excited to tell you about their podcast, Understood Explains. This season, the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. They cover topics such as how to tell if your child needs an IEP, common myths about special education, and the difference between IEPs and 504 plans. I love how Understood Explains breaks down the overwhelm by unpacking an important topic each season and then drilling down further into key basics in each episode. Most episodes are between 10 to 15 minutes, and episodes are available in both English and Spanish. So fantastic, right? To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Edit Your Life podcast. I'm Christine Coe. And I'm Asha Dornfest, and we're here to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. We share practical ways to declutter your home schedule and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. And we help you take action with doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Good morning. Good morning, Asha. How are you? I'm doing just fine. I am... I'm feeling sort of like bright-eyed and bushy-tailed this morning. You're fired up for today's conversation. I can feel it. <laughs> I can feel it. Actually, I really am. I'm I I'm excited about this conversation. Um, you know, it's sort of funny. It occurs to me that our accomplished instead of overwhelmed intro could not be more relevant. Mm-hmm. Uh, because today we're going to be talking about climate change and uh, and things that we can do. And you know, for so many of us, I know for me. Um, you know, talk of our climate emergency is this very scary, massive topic, and it's really hard to bring it down to the level level of our own lives, let alone just sort of sit with it and think about it. But, um, you know, if you listen to our last episode where we talked about our 2020 plans, a couple themes emerged that I thought were really interesting. And for Christine, it's the word embrace. And for me, it's about facing fears to help me realize a vision. And it really, to me, feels like we can take those words and apply them here. So today we're going to be personalizing climate change by sharing some really easy habits that'll help us use less water, energy, and resources, and just sort of bring it into our day-to-day lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this topic has been on my mind a lot too. You know, the news is just, it's it's a lot, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's, it's, Weighing on me for sure, but you know the interesting way I'm seeing it manifest is on teenagers. You know, my teenager, other teenagers, like they are totally aware of what's happening. And I've heard like sort of you know cynical, not not joking threads of, well, none of us are going to be here in anyway in X number of years, and it's it's just kind of depressing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's. I'm so glad you brought up how um, teens and young adults are are talking about and sort of interacting with each other about this issue of climate crisis because it's really omnipresent in their lives. I mean, they really do talk about it in very uh, stark and concrete terms. And what that says to me is that it's even more important for us to include discussion of climate crisis in our family conversations and 
you know, address it in our habits. I mm-hmm. think it's just really important to make it a part of our day-to-day lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's sort of funny as we talk about this, it occurs to me that my family has always been sort of focused on conservation. Like <laughs> always, like I grew up this way. I grew up in Northern California and, um, you know, in the seventies, uh, there was a big fuel crisis, like the gas crisis. I don't know if anyone remembers that, but you know, it was all about saving gas and not driving so much. And then, you know, the other thing about California is there are regular droughts. And Mm -hmm. so we would save water all the time. And so like fuel economy, saving water, these were just parts of our regular life. Um, I think it's worth saying too, that my dad is, my dad's from India and um, part of his experience, you know, in India, you reuse stuff. That's just part of everyday frugality because, you know, that's what you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting you mentioned that because it brings me back to a couple of things um, from my childhood. And, you know, one is my parents owned a convenience store and my dad was I mean, he was really, really thrifty and so much so that, um, you know, we were recycling based on that thriftiness. And I remember I have this like really vivid. He had very like slow and deliberate penmanship. And when we needed to do inventory, whether it was like inventory on milk or whatever else, he would. Um, the store sold cigarettes, these cases of cigarettes, and he'd um, break down the packaging. So it would be like open up all the seams. So these cigarette boxes would be um, a flat sheet. And then he'd draw a grid and make his inventory chart on the backs of all of these. So there were always these stacks of cigarette boxes around (laughs) that he used as inventory sheets. And then, you know, I remember in, I think it was high school, maybe that curbside recycling started. And so I, because of my dad, I think I was super fascinated by the whole process and it felt a little gamey to me, like, okay, let's see how much we can recycle. And of course I also wanted to do whatever I could to make sure we didn't get the shame sticker on recycling day. Did you have that shame sticker? It would be like, if you put something not that didn't fit the parameters of the recycling bucket in there, you would get this giant sticker saying like incorrect recycling or something like that. So I was, I was the, I was so obsessed with recycling. I was the person in my household who was super annoying about it. (laughs) That's so funny. You were recycling before recycling was cool, Christine. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Can I just tell you, this is, this is interesting. I, you know, I, I have a, I have a funny um, dad. Well, that's one, this one wasn't actually dad, but I have another funny story about reuse, um, which has to do with my dad being from India because this happened in, with a conversation with one of my Indian family. and. They were saying, you know, when you open up, if you go to an Indian person's house many times and you open up, you know, a kitchen pantry, you're going to see lots and lots of like random jars and, you know, yogurt (laughs) containers and stuff full of various spices and spice mixtures and masalas and all that kind of stuff. Um, You know, people often make their own homemade spice mixtures. Anyway, so I love looking at people's kitchens. I love looking at people's cabinets. You know, this is a common thing. And so I remember talking to one of my family member and she says to me, you know, I don't really understand Americans. I said, yeah, why is that? She said, well, you know, yogurt and in India, you call them curds. Curds come in perfectly good containers. And so we use those containers. But Americans throw away the curd containers, but then they go to the store and they buy empty containers. Why would they do that? (laughs) And I said, well, you know, and it just sort of dot, dot, dot. Like, I think my voice trailed off and I thought to myself, yeah, you know, it's true. Like why throw away a good container and go to the store and buy an empty container, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anyway. Yes. So, you know, it's sort of interesting. uh, Actually, it's 
quite amazing to think about <clears throat> the span of change in our own lives, Christine, like our own lifetimes, this conversation about um, saving resources um, has obviously gotten much bigger. I mean, you know, it used to be about recycling, but today the framing is really global and um, you know, it's about, it's about the change in our climate. And what's really heartening to me is that this conversation in many ways is being led by young people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we talk about our teens, but, you know, young people are at the forefront of this movement to really get people to sort of wake up and change what they're doing to address this. And so I am very proud to support these young people and get behind that leadership. So. I feel like that starts with simply talking about the climate crisis, which is why we're having this podcast. So we could just talk about it mm-hmm. and and then just bring awareness to our own habits. And then if we can shift them from I have to do this change to this perspective of collective responsibility, somehow it feels so much more empowering. At least it does to me. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel really fine about taking these baby steps in the direction of change. And I feel like, um, you know, we can all do it together and that's going to make a big difference. And it's not about guilt and it's not about perfection. It's just about, you know, sort of making these changes together. Yes. Yes. And we have a lot of great tips. I'm, I'm like excited to, you know, learn more about yours and, you know, see what I'm, I don't know, just kind of getting lockstep about what we're doing. And we will do all of that after a quick break. Are you, like pretty much every parent of younger kids I know, looking for a smart entertainment option for your kids? Designed for kids ages six and up, Mysteries About True Histories, also known as Math, How Smart Is That?, is a weekly podcast full of time travel, puzzles, hidden equations, history, and humor. And while kids will enjoy the stories anchored around characters like troublesome trolls, pirate queens, and mysterious aunts, adults can benefit too. I admittedly delighted in learning a thing or two about Pythagoras and triangles in one episode. Every episode follows two best friends, Max and Molly, who work together to solve riddles and math equations during their time-traveling adventures. The series explores themes like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code-breaking, pattern-solving, and more, all weaving humor in with education to make learning fun. Episodes drop every Thursday and are about 15 minutes long, a great length for transition times during the day or a bedtime treat. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence Whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. 
Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Okay, friends, we are back and we are going to talk about super easy eco-friendly habits. And (laughs) I'm going to start out, Asha, with like, I read this one somewhere. I don't, I wish I could say the source. And it is literally one of the easiest things you can possibly do to save energy. And it is to put a lid on your pot when you're boiling water. Isn't that, it's so (laughs) ridiculous, but for a long time we didn't do that. And then I read that thing and I was like, wow, that's really easy. (laughs) So I'm just putting it out there. All right. It's like the easiest thing you could possibly do, but it actually stacks up to make a lot of difference, a lot of change because really all of us parents, how many pots of pasta will we make in a lifetime? A lot. So true. (laughs) That's so true. And um, actually, uh, that's funny because I often don't do that. So I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up just to like bring some clear awareness to it. Yeah, so easy. All right. My first tip is also very easy, and that is to never dump clean water in the sink, like down the drain. So mm-hmm. I'm talking about half full water bottles that are sitting around, cups of water at the dinner table, you know, water from, say, washing produce, um, even like the water from boiling your vegetables and your pasta. That's basically clean water. And so um, what I do is I either, if it's like a water bottle or a cup, I pour it into my plants or I pour it into the garden. Um, If it's a big pot of water or something like that, I let it cool and I just try to see where else I can use it. And so um, I just think it's important to note that, you know, like that water has been cleaned and purified and everything, and it's really valuable. And so chances are there is something around. Maybe you're you know, maybe save it for the pet to drink, you know, maybe not the pasta water, but the clean water from the bottles, you know, like just think about where else it can go before it goes down the drain. And I got to just say, this reminds me of one other childhood, um, like conservation tip. When I was a kid, we kept a clean, empty bucket in the shower to catch all the water that flowed out of the shower when we were letting it heat up. I was literally just going to bring that up. We use that. We do that. There's a bucket in my shower. It's been there for years and, mm-hmm. um, and we use it to like flush the toilet. Yeah. We yeah. use it to flush the toilet. It's, I mean, we can all still do that. Water, you know, water is a scarce resource, especially in certain parts of the country, certainly in certain parts of the world. I mean, it's funny. I live in the Pacific Northwest where it rains all the time. So there's lots of water everywhere. It's hard to remember that it's still a really important resource to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's great. That's really funny because I was as you were talking, I was like, oh, I got to bring up the bucket in the shower. That's like crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, that is that is a really, really good one. Um, my next tip. Oh, my gosh. I am seriously like, you know, you remember my big fat Greek wedding? The dad was mm-hmm. always like spraying Windex on everything. Um, I am like that, except with baking soda, lemon juice and vinegar. <laughs> So um, my tip is to simplify your cleaning supplies. Um, I actually just posted recently um, a blog post detailing six everyday household items that I use to clean everything in my house, like everything from surfaces to removing dreaded yellow armpit stains from white shirts. And I hate that. Right. I used to just throw out white shirts and now I'm like, wait, I, you know, I figured out a way to like clean them with just, you know, a handful of household supplies. So I will link that up in the notes, but seriously, you don't need any toxic cleaning chemicals at all. Like it's just these basic, um, 
you know, cleaning supplies that are just everyday Mm -hmm. items in your pantry. So, Mm -hmm. so useful. I will link that up. It has how to's for like eight different scenarios. Yeah. I'm going to go check out that post. I, we use, um, um, an eco-friendly sort of all purpose cleaner, which you dilute. And so one bottle lasts forever, Mm -hmm. but, um, I'll check out your post. I'm obsessed. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) My dad, since we keep talking about my dad and his thriftiness, um, baking soda figures into this very prominently because my dad thinks baking soda is the cure for everything. It is. He and I are the same. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, my dad's like, you know, you can brush your teeth with baking soda. Sure I'm like, can. Dad, it doesn't doesn't taste too good. He's like, well, but it's perfectly fine. I'm like, okay. Anyway, all right. So my next tip is to reduce or replace disposable tools with reusable tools. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about very basic stuff like instead of using paper towels, use dishcloths. Or instead of using a sponge in your sink, Use a washable scrub brush. Um, I love the fact that I don't buy sponges anymore. And I just have this scrub brush, which I um, periodically stick in my dishwasher. Um, Swap out the paper napkins for cloth napkins. You can even, I'm not saying stop buying, you know, tissues or whatever, but you can carry around a cotton handkerchief with you and reduce the amount of tissue you use. And it feels, cotton handkerchiefs are really nice. You know, John's. He's used cotton handkerchiefs for like 20 years, like as long. Okay. Yeah. Like go to the men's department in some department store and get some cotton handkerchiefs because it's funny. I used to like make fun of my grandfather because he'd pull one out of his pocket. And when I was a kid, I was like, oh, you know, but the fact is it feels so nice on your nose Mm -hmm. and you just throw it in the wash. It is really actually quite um, it's super versatile to have something like that in your purse or in your pocket or something. Mm And again, I just want to remind everybody that we don't have to make all of these changes. Um, yes. Even one of these changes mm-hmm. makes a difference. You can just start with one and try it, you know, um, but just a reminder that you can uh, that you can just make these simple, simple swaps. Yeah. Yeah. Little changes. OK, so the next thing I want to bring up, I'm also obsessed with <laughs> um, and it's composting. And I want to bring it up because I think that um for a lot of people, it seems like, ah, that's like very hippie-ish and very complicated. And it's actually really not that complicated. So I've written, I've actually written quite a bit about composting <laughs> on my website. So I'll share some links on that. But um, I also, this is like totally, you know, they're not paying me to say this, but I actually did a bunch of work with, um, I, I don't know if you know Full Circle, they do like mm-hmm. eco-friendly home good products and they're amazing. Mm-hmm. And I did a lot of work with them in this past year and their products are awesome. But They've got um, like everything from like if you just, you know, the if you want something in your kitchen, like a kitchen counter kind of official composter or even just like compostable bags that you can load up. They're a little bigger and then, you know, toss outside into your composter. Um, and if if you don't, I should say, um, if you don't have room for an outside composting unit in your backyard, if you don't have a backyard like, you know, a lot of people don't. Um, there are now I just saw that. um I think it's called Black Earth Compost. There's like there are compost pickup services that are starting to sprout up. So, you know, just do a little searching in your neighborhood. You might it might be enough that you can just, you know, get one of those little pickup bins and then fill that up and you don't need to house anything in your home. So it, mm-hmm. it's actually there are a lot of options and it's really easy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really interesting. That makes me I'm, I'm quite grateful because um, here in Portland, uh, we switched over to, uh, you know, like municipal composting wow. um, service. And so they one day, basically, we got mail that said, uh, hey, we're not picking up your trash every week anymore. Um, 
but here's a compost bin. So now they pick up trash every two weeks and you have to use, you know, put all your compostable stuff in this big green bin. And uh, yeah, I know. serious envy right now. That's amazing. (laughs) It's it's really amazing. And I'm, you know, like all sorts of stuff that you wouldn't think that you can compost can go in that bin. And then, you know, like every, for me, every winter or fall or whatever, I order garden compost from this, you know, municipal recycling compost people. And they like bring me compost and I put it in my yard. So I don't even have to do the work. That is amazing. Wow. I mean, I have okay. to pay for it, but yeah. yeah. But that's mm-hmm. that's amazing. Love it. Yeah, it is amazing. All right, compost. Yay. Um, unsurprisingly, my dad has been composting for years. <laughs> <laughs> I really should post a picture of my dad on the on the in, on the Instagram, you know, like you on the editor like, Instagram. You this should. Is, these are our parents, like the you know, like old school conservation people. Okay. Um, all right. So my next tip is to explore walking or riding a bike for short distances. So, you know, all those little short errands that you have, uh, you know, in your in your life, um, presumably if you walk, you know, some of us live in places where certain things are walkable and bike rideable. Some of us don't, um, but some of us do. And it's just a matter of, you know, sort of just shifting your mind a little bit and saying, do I really have to drive there? You know, will mm-hmm. it really save me that much time? Uh, sort of interesting. And, um, you know, I know in Portland, Portland is a big bicycling city. Um, and there is actually something that I came across recently. Uh, Portland has a series of bike maps, specifically like paper maps specific to the bike routes in town. And oftentimes you really can, if you figure in transportation plus parking, you can get somewhere faster than you than you would um, if you drove. And I think the other thing to note is that um, Google Maps has bike directions and walk directions mm-hmm. and car and also public transportation. So, you know, like it's just worth investigating, maybe just for fun, like have a look at Google Maps and, you know, map out a few places that you go a lot and just see what the difference is in time. Mm-hmm. And then consider, consider. Um, you know, it'll give you some fresh air and some exercise and it will save a ton of resources. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I actually recently, maybe a few weeks ago, posted something on Instagram about walking where like, um, you know, I had to, I was in a situation where it was like for a client, I needed to come up with a bunch of brilliant thoughts. Like that was the task. <laughs> and so I decided, you know, I have this PO box that is, it's, less than a mile from my house, but oftentimes I'm just tempted to just drive there because I just need to get there quick and get back and who knows what's in the box. Um, but I thought to myself, you know what? I think I should have a walking meeting with myself and I will walk to my PO box one. So that's like get an errand done Two, that would be walking, which would be exercise. And three, that would give me like undistracted brainstorming time, you know, for, um, some period of time, I don't know how long it took 30 or 45 minutes. I extended the route a little bit mm-hmm. and it was awesome. So mm-hmm. I think it, you know, if you just look for little creative ways to insert that into stuff you're already doing, that's a, that's a very helpful way to make it happen. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe even once, just once a week, you know, mm-hmm. sort of examine your schedule a little bit and, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a great, that's a great thing. I do my best thinking My most creative ideas come when I'm walking. I know. You're not distracted by other stuff. It's really good. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, we have a lot more to discuss, friends, and we will do that after a quick break. Well, hey there, Busy Mama. 
Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you you listen to your podcasts. Hey folks, we're back. So we are talking, we're on the second half of our eco-friendly sort of day-to-day habits. And my next tip happens in the kitchen. It's to serve a meatless dinner once a week or more if you like meatless dinners. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was disquieting, shall we say. I read an article um, not so long ago that pegged much of the deforestation and fires recently in the Amazon rainforest to cattle grazing. And so it's one of those things where, you know, it's not that meat eating is bad necessarily. It's just the scale of meat eating. And so if we reduced our beef and dairy and meat consumption even a little bit, it Mm -hmm. would have an impact. So. I do not think that everyone has to be vegetarian unless they want to, but um, we can all just reduce the amount of meat that we eat that we eat. So um, I don't know, Christine, have you ever tried this new generation of veggie burgers that are out there? You know, like impossible burgers or beyond burgers. Okay, Okay. I have not, but I'm going to put those on my list next. (laughs) Please look for those because unlike some of the old school veggie burgers, these are, I mean... They are delicious, and I actually like them better than meat burgers. And wow. I really like meat. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, they're amazing. I, I, I love the taste. The texture is amazing. Um, so, you know, it, it's interesting. There are some new options out there. But honestly, you know, I am a big fan really of, as opposed to replacing the meat with, you know, some, some sort of meat analog, there are, there's an entire world of vegetable-based recipes that are amazing and delicious. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going to link up a couple recipes that I posted on my blog. One, because I'm so excited about these two recipes. This first one is a roasted butternut squash soup, which 
it's a very simple butternut squash soup, which is not that it's not like, you know, okay, we've all heard of butternut squash soup, but this one is so delicious and uh, it was just different and I loved it. So I'm going to post that and super easy, by the way. And uh, for you instant pot fans, um, I'm going to post this trick for cooking rice and dal in the pressure cooker at the same time. Dal is like an Indian like legume based soup, like a lentil type soup. And um, rice and dal is sort of the Indian version of rice and beans. It's your classic sort of pairing. And there's a there's a way to cook it in the pressure cooker at the same time, like Mm -hmm. literally at the same time. It's Mm -hmm. pretty cool. So I'll link those up. But meatless dinners, um, give them a try. It's sort of fun to to have something different um, that you're eating. I cannot yum. That all sounds delicious. Are the um, are the burgers that you referenced, the impossible burgers and beyond burgers, are those freezer items or are those like they're refrigerated? Okay, all right. Um, Yeah, no, it's just good to know. And I might just try like buying some and then sticking them in the freezer because I I just love having backup freezer, easy freezer items at hand. That's what we do. So like in our family, um, I am not vegetarian. My daughter is not. My husband is. And so um, but I really like meat and I really like fish. And so sometimes, you know, when I'm really in the mood for chicken or whatever, you know, like outcome the veggie burgers. So he gets veggie Mm -hmm. burgers on the days that we are in the mood for something else. Nice. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Okay. My next tip is really simple, but you know, it, it warrants mention and it is to bring your own bags everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Some cities, are, especially including around here, are moving towards, you know, you have to pay for a bag if you want one. Um, and we've been bringing bags for years. I think the key is just to get into a system. So we keep um, a big bag full of bags <laughs> of recyclable grocery bags, totes, that sort of thing. We keep them in the same spot in our house. Um, we also keep a few you know, spread out in the car, like in the car to in the back. And just so they're always there. Um, and I actually also tend to travel, you know, there are all those like um, totes that are, they just compress really, really small. You can roll them up really tiny. And mm-hmm. I usually keep one of those just in whatever pocketbook I'm, I'm carrying that day, because then if I'm getting stuff on the go or stopping at the drugstore, I could just carry stuff, you know, in there. So it's such mm-hmm. a simple thing, but the, the bags such last forever. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, they really do. And, you know, I I remember I still remember, you know, sort of shifting my habits to remembering my my grocery bags. And um, I mean, I have done that. I've also done it for years, but there have been plenty of times when I haven't remembered. And I also use paper grocery bags to collect our recyclables in our house. Mm -hmm. But um, it's really interesting. Um, Portland recently changed our law. And so now we get charged a nickel per paper bag that we use at the store. Yeah. And it's this, I just love it because obviously a nickel isn't going to, you know, put me over the edge of my grocery budget, but it's this tiny reminder to like, oh yeah, remember the bags. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's just also a little reminder that, hey, these resources are valuable. Like these, you know, these, we, we need to think about it. And so it's really been a nice it's just been one of those nice things. And so, um, yes, I'm just thinking about, right. We keep our, we keep our bag of bags, um, in the car. And then when we go get groceries and, you know, come home with the groceries in the bags and unpack them, I immediately take the bags and put them like right in front of the front door. Mm -hmm. And that way, the next time anybody goes out to the car, they just take them and throw them back in the car. Mm -hmm. So it's just getting a system. Yeah. Yeah. System. The only other thing I would say is that, you know, if you do end up getting paper bags, 
remember that you can also take those back to the grocery store. Like if you don't have any totes sitting around, just take the paper bags back, you know? So uh, pretty much anything, anything goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Great reminder. Um, speaking of shopping, I am going to suggest um, that sort of an interesting way to think about um, eco-friendly tips, but that's to shift your buying habits toward local stores. And I want you to sort of think about this in terms of how this reduces the demand for cardboard shipping boxes. You know, you know, when you order something online and it comes in a big box and you have to break it down and there's all sorts of stuff in the box, it reduces the number of delivery vans on the street and it like reduces the load on the recycling system. Mm -hmm. And not to mention it supports local economies and jobs. So I'm sort of thinking about it from that supply chain angle, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think that um, if the more we can shift toward buying at a local store, you know, just driving to the store and getting the thing that we want, as opposed to ordering it online and having it delivered to our house, that can have a huge impact. Yeah. And it's also just like lovely. Like actually just this week, I I wanted to get a birthday present for a friend and I wanted to get some jewelry. And not surprisingly, I was browsing around at J. Crew, <laughs> And then I was like, wait a second, why don't I just go to the like lovely lady gift store, you know, that's less than a mile from my house. And um, when I went in to go shopping, I, I know the owner. Um, this was actually the the store Helena's where they sold Bra- Brave New World t-shirts um, for a while. And I bumped into her and we had a lovely conversation about like, you know, retail and her other store and all this stuff. And it was just like, it just felt so good, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, there are human beings behind these businesses and it's just like, it's it's awesome. So I'm glad you brought up brought that one up. That's really great. Well, you know, and even especially if you're a person who, you know, for whatever reason, maybe you have little kids or whatever, and, you know, you're home, you're not necessarily interacting with people or whatever. Sometimes just getting yourself out and even having that little conversation at the checkout can be a really good, just tiny little grounding. And so, you know, there's going to our, you know, local boutiques and local, you know, individual businesses, independent businesses. But even, excuse me, I'm so sorry, even if you have to go to like the local Target or whatever, even that is going to help save on shipping boxes and traffic in the neighborhood and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So both of those things are good. Of course, you know, tipping toward those independent businesses whenever you can. Yeah. And I got a lovely lady gift, I will say. Um, Okay. So moving on before I get too distracted by beautiful, shiny things at the lady store, um, my next tip (laughs) is to reduce plastic use. So I, I've been writing a lot about eco stuff, I guess, but I have a whole blog post about simple ways to reduce, reduce plastic. I've been kind of obsessed with this all year. Um, so I'll link that in the notes, but I'll just bring out one quick point from that post, um, is that I am 172% obsessed right now with beeswax, beeswax wraps instead of using plastic wrap. So goodbye, plastic roll. (laughs) Uh, <clears throat> beeswax wraps are amazing they're and amazing. i gave, they're delightful <laughs> i gave um i gave those to so many people as gifts you know last year so if you're not familiar with this product it's it's basically a piece of cloth that has been coated with beeswax and so it is moldable it's like a moldable piece of cloth and so mm-hmm. you can just put it on top of a bowl and you know sort of tamp it down like you would plastic wrap Mm-hmm. And um, if you're not, I, I've just added an Amazon link to the show notes just so that you can see what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
of course, we encourage you to buy these back, like these wax wraps from a local store Mm -hmm. (laughs) because um, they're all over the place now. I see them hanging in grocery stores. I see them in gift shops. I see them all over the place. And Um, they're like in little, you know, pretty patterns because it's cloth, you know, so it's, it's just they're very pretty. So cool. I love them. Yeah. Pretty and so utilitarian. I just, I just love them. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, okay. My next step uh, goes back to the transportation issue, and that is to investigate which stops, like public transport stops, are close to your house. Like, I, I'm thinking, you know, take note of the bus stops or if there are tram stops or anything like that. Um, just note what, which ones are close to your house, if any, because um, you might be able to replace a single car drive with a bus with a bus ride. And I really want to encourage you to just try it once because, you know, the first I, I know when I thought about doing this, I was like, eh, it's going to be so inconvenient, uh, you know. <laughs> but the fact was that um, once I knew where the bus stop was, once I knew when the bus was coming um, and I knew where I needed to go, then it was amazing. I got to have this little basically five minute walk wait for the stop, wait for the bus, sit on the bus, just sit like someone else is driving. I don't have to drive. I don't have to park. I just got to go where I was going. And it was really wonderful not to have to think about parking in an urban downtown. So, you know, I live close to an urban downtown. So that was really convenient for me. But it's just worth looking into just to see. You might be surprised by what you find. Okay. Well, first, I I love the idea of just the image in my head of cute little Asha Dormfest sitting on the bus, looking out the window, appreciating the drive by. Sorry, I, mm-hmm. I really do. It's so cute. Um, but I have two things to say about public transit. Transit One, as you know, and as some people might know, I'm obsessed with public transit and the fact that it You've is... You've been obsessed with three things in this episode, Christine. I'm obsessed with everything, apparently. But I really... This this episode is like hitting all of my like things. But okay. I think public transit, if you have access to it, you live somewhere where it exists... It is a crucial life skill to teach your kids. I wrote an entire post about public transit life skills that I will also link up. Again, I was not thinking that this episode would be about me linking up to all these things, but they're just, I've written a lot about this stuff. So that's the first thing. This is great. Public transit, really important. The other thing about public transit I want to point out is that it can serve as self-care. So not just for the reasons you you mentioned about not feeling aggravated about driving and parking and all this stuff. But whenever I go commute to my co-working space, um, I read a paper book mm. <laughs> and it is delightful. And I treasure that reading time. I'm usually the only person on public transit reading a paper book and it is delightful. So mm-hmm. I would just encourage you to embrace that time as a time to just like zone out and enjoy a book and like it's self-care too. Big time. And, you know, the other thing I love about public transit is that it puts you in proximity to people you might not otherwise see. Mm-hmm. You know, it sort of gets you out of your like <clears throat> your day to day, you know, thing where it's like house to car to store to car to house, which is somewhat, you know, sort of just you and your own little world, which is fine. But I sort of relish the fact that there are that a bus is like a it's a collective space. I get to just sort of sit there and you know, look around and sort of look at all the people. And, um, you know, sometimes somebody's doing something like they're listening to something loud and it's annoying. Sometimes somebody's just sitting and reading or whatever, and it feels really companionable. But whatever it is, it just feels like 
you know, I'm part of the human race. It feels mm-hmm. really good and it feels collective and it's important. It's very people-y. Um, yeah, yeah. people <laughs> Lots of people which, you know, I think for a lot of people, it's like, I just need, you know, I need quiet. And the fact is public transport can serve that purpose well, just like you pointed out. It's great, mm-hmm. great mm-hmm. opportunity to read. Yeah. All right. My last tip of the episode um, is about bulk snacks. So I don't know if you remember, but this summer I did like this massive pantry closet overhaul. It was such a dumpster fire in there. And Mm -hmm. while I was doing it, um, part of that system was I was like, wait a second, I got to make I'm going to use I just had like a basket lying around. I'm like, this is where I'm going to have the shelf that is at kid height and all the snacks that the kids will want or need are going to be there. And so um, at that point, I also decided to like stop buying little snack packs of crackers and whatever, and instead just getting like big boxes. So saving on packaging waste and using reusable snack bags. So that has been awesome. It's It saves money and also packaging waste. And I will say that granola bars are kind of a little bit of a tougher transition because those the individu- individually wrapped bars are very handy. Um, but I've also started making knockoff energy bars. And um, as a family, we have decided to reserve those individually wrapped bars and um, for when we're truly on the go, like whether it's you know, actually skiing, <laughs> um, you know, mm-hmm. we, we put a couple of granola bars in our pockets because the kids are always starving at like 1030. So um, it's just again, it's just like a little small change, but it's made a big difference for us. Mm-hmm. Well, two things about that, which I would like to point out, first of all, um, you know, the decision to use wrapped snacks when you're on the go, that's just a perfect example of a way to just partially make a partial change that still has an impact, you know. And I think the other thing to point out um, is that it's so interesting how so much of this doesn't really affect what we're actually doing. It just affects it's just a habit change, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think the last thing I would just remind everybody now that we have given you so many different tips is that you don't have to do them all and you don't have to do them all at once. And you can just pick and choose the ones that actually work for you, Mm -hmm. you know. And so when you find something that really works for you, it just feels really good. so anyway, I kind of would like to, do you have a recipe for these knockoff energy bars? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have, okay. a, I have a couple. I will, mm-hmm. uh, I will dig them up and, and. Um, are they on your blog? I'm trying to remember if they are on my blog. I will, I will take a look, but otherwise right. I can link to external recipes. Um, right. Yeah, for right. Christmas, actually, you know, because I've completely changed how I've been eating. Mm-hmm. Um, for Christmas, I asked for um, some energy balls um, off like purple carrot or something. And Laurel made them for me and they were delicious. So mm. I will for sure la- link that up too. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Sounds great. Uh, this is really, it's really fun to talk yeah. about this stuff. So many good ideas, but we yeah. have to wrap up Asha. So what is your next edit for this episode? Okay. My next edit is to choose a meatless dish to cook for dinner this week. Mm-hmm. So, um, or next week. Um, it's just a really great excuse to flip through some of your old cookbooks and just, you know, open your mind to something new. Hmm. I love, yeah. love, love, love that idea. Um. And my your next edit, I'm sort of giggling, is to try the life changing magic of baking soda, vinegar, and lemon juice. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah! Like, light rays come down from the clouds. Lemon <laughs> juice, lemony angels. light rays come down from the from the heavens. It is amazing. <laughs> I'm seriously going to look that up. I mean, I know this, but I I haven't tried it really. I just want to see all these different things that you've come up with. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So many good things. Anyway. (laughs) Yes. 
Well, folks, we really hope that you've found this episode helpful and you'll find the show notes for this episode, including links to all the resources we've mentioned, plus lots of great related episodes at edityourlifeshow.com. And as ever, we always love chatting with you online. This week, we'd like to know what's one change you've made or intend to make to conserve resources. Hop over to facebook.com slash edityourlifeshow and look for the question of the week pinned to the top of the page, or you can chat with us on Instagram at edityourlifeshow. Thanks for listening. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.